Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on The Detail, the war on feral dogs in the far north. It boggles my mind that this is able to still happen in, you know, a country where we're striving for predator-free Aotearoa to have packs of feral dogs, which are not only a threat, obviously, to wildlife, but also to stock and potentially humans. It's pretty crazy that this has been able to go on this long. The locals are doing all-night patrols with guns. They've got cameras watching them. They've used poison. There was even talk of bringing in the army. But the wild packs are growing, and for months they've been roaming the area, mauling farm animals. Between Christmas and now, we've shot over 30 feral dogs. That's Anne-Marie Nilsson talking to RNZ's Rural News and you'll hear more of her throughout the podcast. She's got a farm just south of Cape Rianga and she's lost dozens of animals. Now, with lambing season on, they've stepped things up with a feral dog called Judy. We did live capture a dog. Um, she did go to the vet where she was uh, spayed because obviously we can't release a dog that might <laughs> might make more. Um, microchipped and uh, vaccinated for parvo. And she's come back and has had her recovery time. And uh, today we are fitting a tracking collar on her and a VHF tracking device. So just in case the collar fails, we've got a secondary backup to, to find her. And our plan is to release her in an area near to where the dogs uh, got in and mauled the sheep um, a few days ago hoping that she'll mate up with that pack and then we'll be able to track them. Well, today we look at the desperate steps to get rid of the dogs. I'm talking to RNZ's Northland reporter, Nita Blake-Person. She's been up there and talked to locals. There are packs of feral or wild dogs roaming right up the tip of Aotearoa. This is right up near Cape Ranga and there's estimated to be about 100 feral dogs. Uh, the area, the wider area, is the Opodi Peninsula, but specifically from about halfway up 90 Mile Beach on the west coast and then spanning around the Cape. And there's uh, Te Paki Track, which is the dock track, which kind of winds around. And there's these big, beautiful beaches, as well as bush, and then some farmland and also forestry. Pretty isolated, uh, pretty remote and stunning. How did it get so bad? Well, there was first kind of mention that I came across of the dogs earlier in the year because they were cropping up uh, Tepaki Coastal Track. So that's a pretty popular dock area. There's a campsite and a walking track. And campers and trampers said that they were seeing packs of these feral dogs loitering around. And they were getting pretty freaked out. In New Zealand, you know, we don't have dingoes like Australia or, you know, bears like other countries. So you certainly don't expect to see wild dogs. Uh, and so the Department of Conservation said we're going to shut down those tracks. We're going to shut down that area and figure out what is going on here. I spoke to Abraham Witana, the Department of Conservation's acting operations manager in Kaitaia. He told me that wild dogs have never posed such a large problem before. So we're not too sure obviously how dangerous they are, but at the end of the day, we don't know about their health checks. So you've got to know potentially rabies could be amongst them. They can uh, become violent in their larger packs when they do become a bit braver. So 
they closed uh, the, the campsite and um, parts of the track and put in place cameras and said that they were going to monitor the, the dogs. And they did that. And for several weeks, uh, the area was closed to the public. But the Department of Conservation said that they didn't find anything. So not much long after it opened up again. Um, and things kind of just went along for a few months. Presumably some people in the area may have seen some of the dogs, but they didn't seem to be causing any issues until about mid-year when they came back, and dare I say it, they came back with a vengeance because they started targeting stock. I mean, we were all pretty strung out and, and a bit shady because of lack of sleep and just having to deal with the aftermath of these dogs roaring through our stock. This is Anne-Marie Nilsson again. Um, my daughter farms Angora goats. She's 15. Um, she's lost, uh, I think it's 36 of them. And that's pretty harrowing for a young person to deal with. But on top of that, we've lost, I think it's, it's getting up into the 40s now with the, the ewes and over 60 head of lambs. And it, it's a gut-wrenching thing to tidy up after that. Dogs don't kill cleanly. And we're farmers. I mean, we grow animals. We love our animals. And to have to, to put them down because they've been mauled by dogs is just heartbreaking. So um, mental thing is the worst. Um, financial, uh, we've, probably, we've probably lost $30,000 of income now. And so what were, what were the farmers doing about it? So the farmers had said they were aware that there were dogs still around, that they were living in some of the forestry blocks and on dock land. But, I mean, dogs aren't really going to care about borders, are they? They roam everywhere. So they kind of become everyone's problem and no one's problem. So when they started coming onto farmland, uh, farmers started trying to do the best they could to protect their stock. And it seems kind of violent at first glance, but what these dogs were doing was awful and heartbreaking. So uh, farmers would set up night vigils to try and shoot them. Um, They set up their own cameras, which did also detect them. Uh, They tried to bait them at times with terminal cows or other things to try and lure them out. But there are a large number of dogs. Um, People kind of guess that these are hunting dogs, which have either been abandoned. Being a local up here, I know there has been the odd wild dog roaming around. People are going out hunting mainly and losing dogs and they haven't been found and sort of gone wild, you know what I mean? It can happen quite often, I think. Or potentially these are domestic dogs, which people have taken out and dumped and they've grown up feral Um It's also thought that they've been breeding. So these are now some pups and things who've been bred in the wild. Mm. So keeping on top of them or controlling them has become incredibly difficult. Is there one pack of them that's roaming that area and attacking or are they solo? There's estimated to be about 100 dogs in the wider area, but... They're in uh, different packs, I understand. I've seen kind of quotes around four packs at some times, but it's not 
really known how those packs uh, are made up or where they roam and things like that. There is so much unknown about the dogs because they move through different areas and they have been really hard to trace, but we know that there's big numbers of them. So the idea of a, a pack of feral dogs coming at you in the middle of the night when you're trying to defend your stock is for me, absolutely terrifying. Has anybody been attacked or even threatened by them? I've spoken to uh, hunters or muscle spat farmers who use 90 Mile Beach for their work or, you know, they're often up their recreational purpose, whatever it may be. And it's not just the stock. You know, they've come across dogs who they have shot because they've said it was me or the dog. Uh, the dogs ripped away and up over the dune when they saw me. I stopped, went back, hopped out and thought, oh yeah, went over the dune, nah, they're gone. And within two minutes they were coming out of the scrub at me. Um, yeah, and we just shot them before they got me. It was either me, me or the dog. And these are not domestic dogs. They don't behave in the same way and they don't respond to the same thing. So uh, no one, no humans have been attacked, touch wood, uh, but lots and lots of stock have. Get rid of them, so uh, that means shoot them usually, and if you can find them or use trained dogs to seek them out and just get them completely out of the place, there's no alternative. They can't be retrained or anything like that. They need to be got rid of. And so some have been shot, but is it, is it a case of the farmers just uh, can't get on top of it? Yeah, quite a few have been shot at this point. I don't know the exact numbers, but, you know, you've got hunters and people kind of picking them off on the beach and then you've got the sharpshooters out on farms or farmers who are defending their stock. But when you're looking at 100, say that you even shoot one or two a night, the odds are kind of against you and a lot of them are actually not always killing stock for food it's it's a fun thing and so they'll kind of rip them out or break necks or things which is awful for the farmers but you're kind of fighting a losing battle at times if there's just a few of you trying to pop them off and their numbers are just so great where in the country else would this be able to happen that packs of feral dogs roam and kill stock and potentially are a threat to humans and yet nothing has seeming to be done about it. It boggles my mind. And what, what, why? Why are the authorities not doing something about it? Well, it kind of comes into the space where we are just not prepared for this as a country. We, New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand as a whole, don't have feral dogs. So we don't have any legislation for this. We're not equipped to come up against this problem. So... Council staff, for example, who would usually be in animal management, they uh, are in the business of picking up stray domestic dogs and bringing them into the pound and dealing with them there. Uh, the Department of Conservation, which is in the business of protecting wildlife, well, they're limited to uh, shooting any dogs which may have a kiwi in their mouth, um, and it's a, a threat to wildlife right then and there, but otherwise their hands are tied. And so it becomes this grey area between domestic dogs, which is all New Zealand is kind of used to, and what these dogs have become, which by most accounts, is feral dogs, and we don't have the tools 
to deal with them uh, in a kind of legislative way, if you will. So hang on, you're saying that if that the only way a dog can be shot if it's on dock land is if it's got a kiwi in its mouth? If they are a threat to wildlife right then and there, that's when the Department of Conservation can shoot them. In terms of shooting, um, we do have the potential to um, destroy um, dogs if they are found to have wildlife in their possession, in their mouth at the time, um, and by that time it's usually after the fact. Uh, The Department of Conservation doesn't have access to any registered poisons uh, for dogs because, again, as a country, New Zealand doesn't have registered poisons for dogs. That's not something we're used to. And the same goes for animal control. In the far north, the animal control officers up here had firearms taken off them about five years ago. At that public meeting there was a while back, they said that that was because of the public perception that animal control officers were euthanizing dogs unfairly or unnecessarily. So their firearms were taken off them and they now just trap and bring in dogs. And that does not work particularly well when you're up against packs of feral dogs in a huge wide open space like this. You mentioned a meeting there. Tell me about that meeting because you went along to it. Yeah, so this kind of um, mid-year when there started to really be some awful stock losses, there was a public meeting called at the Hohora Fishing Club and there was representatives from a bunch of different agencies. You had the Far North District Council and the Regional Council and the Department of Conservation. I think MPI was there over Zoom, uh, Nati Kuri, some local hunters and a bunch of concerned residents. And I don't know, there was maybe 40 to 50 people there. And the idea was to hash out what the actual issue was, get a grasp on what everyone was seeing from where they were sitting and try and come up with some solutions. And it went on for quite some time, people sharing what they'd seen of the dogs, what they'd seen of the destruction of the dogs, how long this had been going on. And it didn't really feel like a blame game in any way, uh, but there was some frustration that the agencies hadn't been able to get this under control. Council and Doc and that are going to do It's up to the locals. Simple as that. And I think there was frustration from the agencies themselves because their hands are somewhat tied with these loopholes and feral dog legislation. And so as it went on and it became quite clear that the council couldn't do anything without firearms and the Department of Conservation couldn't do anything without uh, registered poisons to them, one man stood up and he was obviously pretty frustrated and he was holding in one hand a bullet and in the other hand a small tampon and it's plastic covering and he said you know what is this and he was frustrated going at the council guy saying what what have I got in my hands here can you tell people what that thing is it's a tampon mate it's a a tampon right I loaded it with my jungle juice over there in the jar and it's still doing its work said look I've got a bullet here and I've got a tampon here and I have been up there poisoning the dogs using tampons because that's what I'm finding works and no one else is doing enough and I think it would be fair to say um, there wasn't 
widespread support at the meeting for his measures, but it did kind of, um, you know, get to the idea that there's real frustration with these loopholes that people can't be doing anything. And so people are kind of doing whatever they can to try and get this under control. Mm. I must note that there was an SPCA representative at that meeting who made a comment and encouraged people not to take matters into their own hands. That meeting was in July. What has happened since then? Since then, I understand behind the scenes, discussions have been happening with some of those agencies which were there because there was a real uh, want and desire from everyone there to see some action on this and bringing everyone in the same place was definitely seemed like a step forward in that but it's you know how high that can go in terms of getting the powers needed for those agencies to to do the deed as it were so I understand those discussions have been taking place between councils and the Department of Conservation and things like that and they've been working together but the dogs are still there the dogs are still killing stock one of the feral dogs appears to have been captured, uh, captured live and fitted with a tracking collar. And they are now hoping that that feral dog will be able to lead them to the others. Apparently, this is kind of a common method overseas. And so hopefully that could be a bit of progress in figuring out where they all live and congregate and maybe trying to get a hold on them. First thing um, we're trying to do is learn more about them so if we can establish she's she's joined up with a pack which is highly likely she's a young dog and um a female so you know there's no reason why they wouldn't accept her um we can then track their activities where they go where their home patch is um how far they travel you know whether they're in the dock conservancy or in the forest or out on the beach um so that's our first thing is to learn as much as we can Secondary will be hopefully being able to track them down and and maybe um, euthanise some of them. But thirdly, probably the one, one of the most important things is if she hooks up with a pack and we can track you, well, then we can see if they're coming onto a property um, and the likelihood of going to attack some animals. A shooting party's not an option. So some of the solutions as it were which were discussed at that town meeting there was you know helicopters were mentioned why couldn't they kind of pick them off from the sky and that was a bit poo-pooed because people said these dogs are really skittish and quite wily so any noise and they'll just bolt uh, the same thing was a little bit said even about just sharpshooters that if you miss they will hide and they'll be gone for some time like they're they're not easy targets. Other ideas were having the Defence Force come in and try them as a target practice. Bring in the big guns. The Far North Mayor is calling on the Defence Force to deal with feral dogs savaging livestock in his district. With fears someone could be killed if the pack is not brought under control, Mayor John Carter's put out the SOS. It's a hideous situation. It's unusual. It's not a thing that, of course, we have happened in our nation. So... Obviously, we've done all we can. We're trapping dogs if we're able to. Well, they're giving traps to the farmers. Farmers are shooting dogs where they can. Um, we're doing all our best as a, from a local perspective, working with DOC, but it's uh, it's still not working. So one of the things we're doing now is approaching the Defence Force to see if it's possible for them 
to work out a program where they may come and help us uh, take these dogs out for us. I have confirmed with the Defence Force that that is not their remit and they're not available to come and shoot feral dogs. But the, in terms of teams of sharpshooters going out, I think there were some concerns raised about safety um, of just having big groups of people out doing that, but also that, yeah, that these dogs are really wily mm. and that they will hide and that it's just not as easy as popping off you know, popping them off that way, that they, they're smart and they know the area and they've been moving through the area. So, yeah, despite months of efforts, they're still out there. What, what's the feeling about killing the dogs? You know, I just wonder if mm. there are um, people who are saying, don't do this, you know, we need to find them a home or something. The comments I've seen are that uh, you, however they're dealt with, it should be done humanely. And I think people are at the point where when you see the images of how uh, the destroyed stock looks, you can see that it's not actually humane to let the dogs carry on the way that it is. So while it might sound awful about, you know, really needing to get rid of them, the damage they're doing to the stock and the numbers that they're doing it in is so far from humane that I think most people realise this can't go on. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Jeremy Ansell engineered it. Thanks to Nita Blake-Person. Ka kite. <laughs>